Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to everyone out there on the internet. You're listening to Lansing with Myself, a weekly five-minute, actually more like seven, Minute podcast YouTube show where I, Steve D from Tin Star Games, talk about being a freelance game designer and creative when you're low on spoons and low on cash. Now, um, this week I want to talk about the man, the men who sold the pans and the picks. Uh, my friend who has studied economics uses that as a very good metaphor and understanding of the game industry as it is. You see, during the great um, gold rushes of history in the 19th century, the, girl, the, the people, the miners who came for the, the money, for, came for, to hunt the gold, they didn't get rich. The people who got rich were the people who sold them the tools, who sold them the picks and the pans and the sifters to try and get the gold. They got rich because they were selling people the idea that they might get rich. And whenever there's an industry splurge going on, a clever person who wants to make a lot of money can figure out <clears throat> not what's suddenly selling, but how to give people the tools to try and get what's currently selling. So there's a, basically a kind of subsequent uh, surge behind the surge of the first thing, selling the tools to get to the first surge. And a lot of business um, acumen is actually figuring out what you're really selling and trying to figure out where the markets really are. Now, what does all this have to do with game design? Well, in the last five, eight years or so, since Kickstarter arrived on the scene and since game design went mainstream, all of which has happened in the last six or seven years, changing the landscape forever, Game design has rocketed into the, into the public consciousness. Uh, it's rocketed into the internet, and it's become extremely popular. And at the same time, things like Kickstarter and lots of podcasts and things like GameCrafter have all popped up to help people become game publishers. So this is now a dream that is being sold, and there's a demand for it. Because of the huge need for the new, the, audience, uh, the, the market right now is hungry for the latest things. People will play a game once or twice, and then they're quick back on Kickstarter looking for the next thing. That's not always a great thing for us. The pulp era has its uh, downsides. It means games are getting samier and um, less risks are being taken and things like that. But it also means that a lot of new people are trying their hand and we are getting some new and amazing things. And it's great because people can do can get published in a way that they couldn't before. And that's really exciting. But it also means that there is this secondary market. There are a lot of people out there who are making a lot of money selling the tools to become a game designer and a game publisher. And a lot of them are sharks, let's be clear. There is a lot of people out there who have a dream and all their dream is is to get their name on the side of a box. And they will pay any amount of money for that to happen. They will lose money on their Kickstarter. And not only that, they will pay anyone who tells them that they can give them the gateway to get published. As soon as you launch a Kickstarter, you are going to get emails every hour of every day from people telling you that they can guarantee you the success and the massive success of your Kickstarter. And, you know, at least 80% of them are just scams. Uh, and, you know, and sometimes they can give you some return, but they probably can't give you a good return on investment. There's just so many of them out there. 
And it's very, very difficult to sort through those things. And a lot of the times now what's happening is that uh, if you become any kind of success as a game designer, you're going to get approached by more and more of these kind of things. And you also may even get approached by someone who offers you to be your agent in some way. Um, and this is a changing environment. Five years ago, you didn't need an agent. You just didn't because the access that we have to the industry is, is very porous. The game industry is not something that is sealed away from its players and from its um, uh, interested people and its designers. Um, there are so many conventions and there is so much access and game publishers are e fairly easily found. And it is easy, therefore, for you to get there and not need an agent to represent you, as long as you have those tools. But that's changing. Because of the firehouse effect, firehose effect, and because of the popularity of gaming, game designers are getting, uh, game publishers are having less and less time to see people. There are over a thousand games being demoed and launched every year at Essen, and it becomes very, very difficult to get access to those game designers and publishers in that time because you just don't have a lot of time, and it requires a lot of money to get to the table and actually have a presence at Essen. And one way around this might be getting an agent, someone who's, who's absolutely able to get to Essen and take your game to every single place on the list. But you always have to ask yourself, you know, how much work are they doing? How much uh, do they really represent your game? Uh, how much are you able to control what they do when they are at an arm's length? How much are they charging for their services? These are all indistinct things. The industry is changing, and that means we're not sure what agents do, and they're not sure what they do. Uh, generally, the feeling at the moment from every industry person that I talk to and from myself is that we don't need agents yet, but it is worth being aware that that window may be changing, that that state of play may change because there are lots more games coming out, there are lots more game designers coming out, and there are less opportunities as a result to get through this just wall of content and get your game to a designer, to a publisher. Thank you. Um, there are, however, lots of solutions for that. There are millions of online cons. Now there are speed dating events. There are pitching events. There are all these wonderful opportunities. And none of those things involve agents. So other people have come along and solved these problems. And they've solved them in ways that don't always charge you a lot of money or no money at all. So that's the thing to be aware of is that there are lots of people who are pro-industry and pro-giving of the industry and the hobby. And a lot of them just aren't charging very much money. They're just charging their basic overheads. You know, some of them cost a little bit more than others. Um, and always you're going to be sort of weighing things up. But there's a thing at the moment called the Pitch Project. And that's an event, a one-off, where you can have it, you're can you getting really good feedback. It does cost a little bit, but it, it doesn't cost a percentage like an agent will charge. So you've got options and there's... There's lots of ways you can go that, that doesn't involve getting an that doesn't involve getting an agent, and be skeptical of people who say you really need an agent, you know, because that they're trying to sell you something. Like like the guys selling the gold pans, a lot of these people are just banking on you making an, a, a poor emotional choice based on your desire to be famous, and you need to look at your contract, you need to think about your return on investment, and you need to understand that they are operating in this changing environment, and they are making a bet that the environment will continue to support them. And we just don't know what that what the environment is going to do. At the moment, things are changing so much. Um, it's easy to rush in and go, well, agents are definitely going to be the way of the future, but we just don't know. There are so many people out there working on other solutions to solve this problem, and it might change. It might be the case that things slow down, 
or we might just find that access is still equally available. It seems to me at the moment that there are so many ways that you can get your games out there through competitions and things like that and pitch events that you don't need one. So until you until it seems otherwise, I would say don't get an agent and be wary of the people who are trying to sell you the pans and the picks. You know, you don't need a lot of options. You can get ahead with cheap options and with free options and with community events because this is actually a very friendly, very open, very porous community that wants you to succeed. So beware of spending too much money. You can, when you're low on spoons and low on cash, find other alternatives. And that's a really wonderful thing. Um, you need that money to spend on other things like, you know, art for your Kickstarter or art for your prototype that gets it noticed. That's a different story. That's where you need to spend the money. So that's the message for the day. But who knows what it'll be in a year. The game design industry is changing so rapidly. Let's find out what's happening in a year. I'll be there. You'll be there. We'll have new questions to ask and the same questions to ask because everything's changing. That's probably the most important message. Whatever you choose for today, it might be a different choice you make in a year or two. Till next time. Until the next time we have to make another choice. Be good. Play games. Pat Goggs. Have fun. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.